This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. The title today is something a little bit interesting. I'm, I'm going from a little bit of a different angle on this. And it's and, and, and I, as I give the title, you got to listen up because i got to explain it for just a minute here, okay? The title is this, Jesus is my boss, okay? Jesus is my boss. Is there anybody in here that you could say, I'll let Jesus be my boss? Yeah. So uh, have you ever been around little kids very much? Anybody? I'm surrounded by them 24 seven every day of my life, every second of my being. I'm surrounded by kids. And there's one thing that, you know, kids have different phrases. Have you seen this that maybe different phrases the kids used back in the 70s or 80s or 90s? It, it was different than what they use now. But I have found one enduring phrase that children use no matter what the generation is. And it's this phrase. You're not my boss. I said it. You probably said it when you were a child. And kids still say it today, especially to their siblings or especially. And and here's the thing. Somebody tells a kid something they don't want to do, especially if it's one of their peers. And what do they say? You're not my boss. I don't have to do it. And here's the thing. It's funny, but they mean that with all of their heart. You are not their boss and they are not going to listen to what you're saying. And 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 so it's kind of a funny phrase. It's kind of a funny thing. But I was reading a great new book that I got this week. And, and anyway, it's from the, the lead singer of this Christian band called Skillet. And he was the lead singer, John Cooper. He was talking about as a little child, when he first gave his heart to Jesus, he, he prayed that nobody led him in the prayer. Nobody said, repeat after me. All he said was he was five years old and he was talking to the Lord in his own words. And he said, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. You can be my boss now. And I was listening to that. I'm like, that's really cute and sweet for a little kid to say. But what a way to put that. As a child, what childlike faith, what a way to phrase that, that in the eyes of a kid, I mean, there's no higher authority than you've been telling people all along, you're not my boss. But but when a kid, when those of childlike faith finally say, you know what, you are my boss. And I was thinking about us as adults, most of us, right? You know, some of you are more mature than others. I'm just going to be straightforward with that. I'm kidding. But listen, but but honestly, what a what what a what is Christianity all about? I mean, we make Jesus our savior. We, and you know, everybody, if you're a Christian, Jesus is your savior. There's no doubt about that. You've received him and you have received redemption from your sins. And now you are going to heaven. You've made Jesus your savior. And I've explained this before, but there is a whole other level of just saying Jesus is my savior and then making Jesus your Lord. Now, a lot of people say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. He's my Lord and Savior. And for some people, that's the absolute truth. And for some people, that's an all out lie because you're your own Lord or your money's your Lord or or your pleasure is your Lord or your wife is your Lord or somebody is your Lord. But Jesus, for some people, he's not their Lord because they don't do what he says. And so today I'm kind of using the, the term boss 
and the term Lord as a synonym kind of going together. But I hope you get the point of what I'm saying is there's a massive difference between just saying, you know what? I believe that Jesus is God's son. I receive him as my savior. That is step one. But if you want to live on the level that God has for your life, you're going to have to go into full submission mode and say, you know what, Jesus, I thank you that you're my savior, but I want to take it a step further. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my boss. I want you to call the shots in my life. I will do what you tell me to do, even if I don't like it, even if I don't understand it right now. I will say what you tell me to say. I will stop doing the things that you tell me to stop doing. Now, that takes what we call submission, because there will come a point in time in this relationship with God. And you may say, you may not know, but there will come a point in time where there is a disagreement where God and his word are telling you to do something that you don't understand, that maybe you don't even agree with. Maybe that, well, that's not how I was raised, but there will come a point in time where there will be a point of disagreement between you and God. And I'll give you a head start. He's right. Now, you can choose to fight that. You do totally have the choice to continue on and do it your own way and say, well, I know it says this, but that's not how I see it. And and you can push on through that. You have the free decision to make whatever choices you want in life. But you just got to know this right now, that his way is always right, even if we don't agree with it, even if it's not the way that we would have done it. His way is always right. And so what we're talking about today is taking your relationship relationship with God to a whole other level. Now, in this service right now, I've got people in here that have been born again longer than I've been alive. I've got people in here that have been probably teaching in church and in children's ministry longer than I've been alive. And I've also got people in here that have been a Christian for about a month or two weeks or six months or five years. And so we've got a whole gamut, a whole range of people listening to this message right now. But I don't care how long you've been a Christian, is there a point where you have laid it all down and said, you know what, Jesus, I'm ready to go to a deeper level. And I realize that means that I'm going to have to change. I'm going to have to make some adjustments. I'm going to have to admit that I've been wrong on some things. I'm going to have to make you my Lord. You can be the boss of my life. You're going to have to make some decisions. And I today am challenging you to go to the next level. And so I want to pray Then we're going to get into the word of God. And I believe that if you'll listen up, God is going to say some things that you need to hear today. Amen. So let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today, God, and we come to you with grateful hearts. We thank you, Lord, that we are not who we used to be. We are not where we used to be, but we are, uh, Lord, you've saved us, God. We're your children now. We belong to you. And Lord, I pray that as we open our Bibles today, as we open our hearts to what you're trying to tell us, that you're going to speak to us. And Lord, you have permission to change us. You have permission to let us know if we've been wrong because God, we don't want to be wrong. We don't, even if it's our comfort zone, we don't want to be wrong. We want to live our lives right for you so you can have your way in us and use us for your glory. So God, speak to us, change us today, take us to your level in the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen? 
All right. And so today, the first thing I'm going to say is this. We're talking about how is Jesus my boss? Why is Jesus my boss? Well, I guess I'm speaking from some of my own experience here. And I'm going to say this. Number one, I chose him. I nobody, nobody forced me to be a Christian. Well, yeah, you were, you know, and I, I heard somebody say, well, you know, I'm I'm a Christian because I was raised in America. And, and, and so it's one of the seven great religions of the world. And the only reason I even identify as a Christian is I was raised in America and blah, 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 blah. Listen, I'm not a Christian because I was born in America. I'm a Christian because I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he died on the cross and that he rose again and he saved me from my sins and that he's coming back someday. I believe that and I confess it with my mouth. That's why I'm a Christian. Nobody forced me to be a Christian. I chose Jesus to be my Lord and to be my savior. And I know you could say, no, no, no. He chose you. Yes, of course. Jesus chose me. He chose he chose you. He wants us to be. But listen, I chose for him. And so what I'm getting at is this. What I can't stand, honestly, is when people complain nonstop about their job. And the reason for that is this. My reason for that is this is. You applied there. They made you an offer of employment. You accepted it. And then you chose to work there. Nobody said you, no doubt about it. Nobody held a gun to your head and said, you have to go work at, you know, at the railroad. There's no choice about it. You will do this or you die. Do you hear me? No, you applied there. You chose to work there, right? Now, I get it. There may be some things that you don't like about it. There may be some things that you could change. But I can't stand it when people nonstop, I hate that place. It's the worst. My boss is the worst. And I'm like, okay, dude, it's America. Go apply somewhere else and do something else. But you chose to work there. You chose to submit to that place. You chose for that for that to be your boss. Right. It may not be perfect, but seriously, you chose to work there. And what I'm getting at is this. I'm not going to complain about the things that Jesus tells me to do. I'm not going to complain about where the Bible says, Dave samples, you are absolutely wrong on that. You better change or you're going to bring some trouble on you. Why would I complain about that when I willingly I purposely chose, you know what? Jesus, I choose you to be, I, I choose you. I submit my life to you. You are my Lord. You can be my boss. I made that choice. So should I sit around the rest of my life complaining about what the Bible says? No, I shouldn't. You know, I mean, I, I have the choice. I will never do this, but you have the choice. You know what? I, I don't like what this says anymore. I think I'll just go do my own thing. You have that choice. It's the wrong choice. Some people make the wrong choice. But what I'm saying is this. I told Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my master. I will do what you tell me to do. I will say what you tell me to say. I will be what you tell me to be. You're my Lord. You're the boss of my life now. And whatever you say goes in my life. And from that moment forward, I gave Jesus permission to be my boss, to be my Lord, to make the shots in my life. And I like how Joshua told the children of Israel, you can write this down, I'm not turning there, but Joshua 24, 15, one of my favorite Bible verses, Joshua said, guys, listen, you're going to have to make a choice on who you're going to serve. Choose this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. 
Now, Joshua didn't say, no, you guys were born into the into Israel. You were born into the United States. So the choice has already been made. You're Christians, you're Jews, whether you believe. No, he said, choose today. You choose. And I'm telling you now in 2021, choose who you're going to serve. Choose who's going to be your Lord. The choice is yours. But we've already made the decision at the samples house. As for me and that house, we will serve the Lord. He's the boss. He's the Lord of that household. I can't speak for everybody. You know, there's an acronym for boss. Maybe you've heard this acronym and and and, and the acronym is this boss means built on self-success. People say that. Now, I think that's a prideful, arrogant, horrific thing to say. But yeah, man, I'm a boss, dude. I'm a boss, bro. I'm built on self-success, man. Pride comes before the fall, brother. I wouldn't go around saying that. Well, maybe you maybe you did work your way hard to the top. Maybe you did. And hey, we're all for that. But I, you know, whatever I am today, whether I'm much or whether I'm little, whatever it is, I can tell you right now, it's not because of self success. It's because Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I couldn't do one single thing without him. And I am fully aware of that. I want no credit, no honor, no whatever in my life. It's Jesus. So I'm not built on self-success. I put it. I was going to sleep last night and you ever go to sleep and your thoughts start going crazy. You ever go to sleep and sermons start coming to your mind? happens a lot to me. All right. So so I'm laying there and and I'm, and I'm thinking about this and I'm like, man, I wasn't built on self-success. I was built on salvation and sanctification. Now, that may not sound exciting to you, but what's sanctification? That's the process of Jesus changing you into the person that you're supposed to be. That's Jesus cleaning you up. That's Jesus working in your life right now. Even if you don't see it, even if you don't feel it, you may not be where you want to be yet. But listen, if you're submitting to the word of God, you're in here, you're going to church, you're praying, you're doing what you know to do. You are in this process known as sanctification. And that's what my life is built upon. Salvation and sanctification. And that's why we are where we are today, because Jesus is the boss of our life. I was over there at my favorite grocery store this week. You know what it is. I don't even have to say what it is. Food for less, right? Down there. I was going to go over there. I noticed I was dressed like this, so I took this off and put pajamas on. And I went down there, and I went I went to pump gas. You don't want to... I mean, you know, they look at you. So anyway, so... So I put my pajamas on, and um, as I'm going over there, you know, it's weird seeing a grown man in a onesie, but I wasn't down there. I'm kidding. I didn't really do that. So, But I, I was pumping gas, and this really nice, brand-new Mercedes-Benz pulls up, and, and, a, and a very well-dressed, I mean, this dude, no, this was an affluent person. He steps out, and, and he's obviously he's just passing through, and, and he goes up there, and I didn't hear what it was all about, but he's talking to the cashier at the at the gas thing out there and they they get into it about something and i'm like whoa that's messed up and so he comes back and he's pumping his gas and he's like man this world is so messed up people it's going crazy it's, it's i don't know what's gonna and he's just going on and on and, and i didn't know what to say have you ever been in a spot where it's just a little bit awkward and you're like dude i wasn't looking for all that i'm just you're in a listen you're in your car probably costs more than my house i'm pumping up my prius okay 
I paid 3,000 cash for that bad boy, 50 miles to the gallon, but it is not pretty, okay? And so I'm pumping up the Prius, and he and he's going on, and I didn't know what to say. So all I said was, at least me and you got Jesus, am I right? And he's like, huh? I'm like, man, me and you, we've got Jesus, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess so, whatever. And then he goes on some more, and I'm like, the good news is we're children of God. And he's like, yeah. And he just gets in his car and storms off. But I'm like, listen, that guy, he's, he on the outward appearance, he's got it all together. He looks like he's got money. He looks like he's got some stuff in this world. But listen, I'm not going by that. I belong to Jesus. And yes, I agree. The world crazy, but I'm not going crazy. I've got the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God is formed within me because Jesus is my boss. He's my Lord. He's my savior. And no matter what goes on around me, I can rest assured that he's got me. He's got my back. He's my rock, my fortress, my shield. I could go on about that all day long. But no matter what, I'm not complaining about what he tells me to do because I chose him to be my boss. Nobody forced it. Can we look this morning at Deuteronomy chapter 30? Deuteronomy chapter 30. Praise God. All right. We're getting warmed up now. We're getting ready to hit some stuff. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. Deuteronomy 30. Verses 19 and 20. Praise God. And so a minute ago, I quoted Joshua out of Joshua 24, 15. But right now, we're going to kind of look at something that the Lord spoke to Joshua's mentor, Moses. So Deuteronomy chapter 30, and we're going to look at verses 19 through 20. And I've always found these verses to be quite compelling because... You have, as I said a minute ago, you have choices in this life. You've got, you've, I mean, nobody's forcing you to receive Jesus. Nobody's forcing you to do this stuff. Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 and 20, it says, Today I have given you the what? I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses, Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And so you have a choice today, just like the people did back then, over which way you're going to live your life. Nobody, I've never heard, nobody can say, well, you know, God forced me to be a Christian. Nobody would say that. That's stupid. God didn't force you to be a Christian. If you're a Christian, a real Christian, not a faker, if you're the real deal, it's because you chose to submit your life to Jesus and believe in him. But notice right here, even to the people of Israel, he says, I'm giving you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. And then he actually tells you which choice to make. Oh, that you would choose life. If you were in school, what would it be like? Imagine this. So you're in school and the teacher's like, okay, here's the question. It's multiple choice. A, B, C, or D. And then the teacher says, in fact, I'm going to flat out tell you the correct answer is B. But go ahead and pick whatever you want to do. But just so you know, the correct answer is B. I mean, I'm like, that's a no brainer. The teacher told you what the answer is. And as crazy as it sounds, in my heart of hearts, I believe that in that exact scenario, there are still some people that would not choose B. 
There are some people, well, I know the teacher said this, and I know, but I'm just going to go ahead. I feel like uh, C applies more, and, and I just feel better about C. There are some people, even when the teacher gives you the right answer, for some reason, they are so stubborn, they still pick another choice. And as crazy as that sounds, in this life, the choice is obvious. Life and death, blessing or cursing, choose life. And yet some people still choose the other way. And to take it a step further, the very next verse shows you how to choose life. Because, you know, the teacher always wants to, you can write the right answer down, but then they say, okay, that's good, Einstein, but how'd you come up with that answer? You gotta show your work, right? Anybody remember that? You gotta show how you came to that conclusion. Well, the very next verse right here, it tells you how to make the right choice. Look at this, verse 20. You can make this choice, how? By loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so God straight up tells you which choice to make, and then He tells you how to make that choice, how to come out to that conclusion. And so I'm looking at all this and and and, you know, honestly, in my life, I, w- I, I don't know how to say this, but, you know, I, I was raised in a very godly home, as you know. And so I've, I know I hear I, I've always felt a little bit weird because I hear these testimonies, even from so many of you of deliverance from drugs and alcohol and gangs and violence. And 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 those are incredible testimonies. I'm like, wow, God, I mean, pick the, it's incredible to hear these testimonies. And I'm sitting there in church and like, man, I can't identify with that at all. Nobody wants, how am I going to preach on salvation and deliverance when honestly, I mean, I just don't remember a time of, of being addicted or being through any of that. And, and I'm honestly at times a little jealous, like, man, I got to have some banger home run testimony if anyone's going to listen to what I'm saying. And it just isn't there. In fact, I mean, I grew up out in the country sheltered. And so Katie and I, we went to college. We went to Bible college. I remember one day, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'm walking to the mailbox. We kind of lived in a bad part of town, and 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 back in my college days, I kind of looked like Shaggy from Scooby Doo, uh, you know, just long hair and this weird goatee. And and so people have just made assumptions. I don't know, but so I'm going to get going to get the mail one day, and a car full of of young men pull up, and they're like, "Hey, bro, hey, you got any paper?" I just got out of Bible school. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, guys, you're in luck. I always keep paper so I can take Bible notes. I'll be right back. And they're like, no, stupid. We're talking about for weed. And I was like, huh? And they, they peeled off and drove out. I'm like, paper? What? Man, I, I, it's for my Bible class. And anyway, so what I'm trying to say is sometimes I, I haven't been able to identify with all these testimonies. But, but this verse right here. It told me, choose life so you and your descendants can live. So you and your descendants can be blessed. Now, 
I like how Kenneth Hagin Jr. said it. He, he said, I don't have a I don't have a testimony of, you know, God delivering me from drugs and alcohol and all this stuff. And I he felt weird about it. But he said, I have this testimony. God didn't have to deliver me because God kept me away from it. I'm like, you know what? I get that. I can identify with that. And so these kids, you're raising your kids here in church right now. You will not regret it. And you know what? You may have the testimony of being delivered from drugs and alcohol and gangs and violence. And that's powerful. Share that testimony every day that you have breath within you because God did a work. But thank you, Jesus, that our kids, they're not going to have to have the exact same testimony as you. They're going to be able to grow up and say, God delivered my dad from alcohol, but he kept me away from that stuff my whole life because my parents Parents chose life that them and their descendants might live and be blessed. And so at this point, I'm very grateful that I don't have to have that testimony. I'm grateful for all that do. Please understand that. But I'm so grateful that my dad got delivered from alcohol. So then I didn't have to because he didn't run back to it. He stayed away from it for the rest of his life. And I'm so thankful for that. And so the choices before you today, life or death, blessings or curses. And the teacher is saying, by the way, choose life. And here's how you do it. You commit yourself Firmly to the Lord, your God, and you don't ever look back. And so how am I saying today that Jesus is my boss? How is Jesus my Lord? Well, I chose for him to be, so I'm not going to complain about what the boss tells me to do. But I want to break it down a little bit more. Number two, I'll do what he says. Now, here's how you know if somebody if you're if you're submitted. When you begin to actually do what the boss says, let's go to the New Testament here. Luke six, verse 46, Luke six, verse 46. Who's having a good time? Luke six. And we're going to look here at verse 46. And uh, and Jesus says something here that strikes very, uh, very close to, to things that we see today. Luke six. And verse 46, now if you read this whole uh, portion right here, Jesus is, is talking about uh, the story of the wise man that built his house upon the rock and the foolish man that built his house upon the sand. And it's, it's, a, it's an incredible, life-changing story. But what I want to get out here is Luke 6 and verse 46, because before Jesus goes into that illustration, he says something that is, I mean, just very, very, uh, very, very pointed to where we are. Luke six forty six. Jesus says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Think about that. Apparently, there were people back then that called Jesus Lord, but they didn't actually do anything he said. And I'm like. Golly, Gomer, it sounds like a lot of people in 2021. There's a lot of people that call Jesus Lord, Lord, but they don't do anything he says. And this confused Jesus Christ so much that he says, I'm a little confused. Why do you keep calling me Lord 
when you don't actually do anything that I say. I'm not your Lord. You may like me. You may get inspiration from me. You may like the idea of having a savior, but I'm not your Lord until you actually do what I command. And I'll just, I'll, you know, I'm just throwing all sorts of stuff out there today. What, just another pet peeve, okay? That you don't have to agree with this. A pet peeve. I super don't like it when some famous celebrity rich person gets up there and accepts an award. And I want to, I want to receive this award for this song that I just wrote about doing bad things to women and cussing and drinking. I want to receive this award. I want to give, I want to give the glory to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Like, huh? Pardon? Uh, you know, or someone, you know, some football player has been out beating women or some crazy. I want to thank my Lord. And, I'm like, what? Don't hold on. Pump the brakes, brother. Don't bring Jesus into this mix. He doesn't get any glory out of your nasty, disgusting, horrible song that you just wrote. He had nothing to do with that. That movie you just made that used his name in vain 25 times before we made it through the opening credits. And now you want to give your Lord and Savior. You may say Jesus is your Savior, but I'm not even judging you when I say he's not your Lord. Jesus said you can judge a tree by its fruit. And if the fruit is foul and disgusting, there's something wrong with the root. So, you know, listen, don't don't go there. Don't go there. Just admit it. You know what? I'm my own boss. I wrote this nasty song. I made this dirty movie and I want to give myself the credit for it. And I don't want to sound that arrogant, but let's just be real. I'm receiving this award because I'm just, you know, I'm full of myself. I mean, I would have more respect than that. But don't go out there and bring the name of Jesus into something like that. Now, don't look at some of you looking at me where, listen, I'm not accusing you of that. I've never seen you on the award show yet. Maybe you've been on there. But listen. I'm just saying, if you're living clean, then you can go out and do that type of thing. But the question that Jesus asked right here is a very fair question to ask. Why are you calling me Lord when you don't do the things that I say? And so can you imagine if somebody's like, hey, you know what? Uh, you're my new best friend. You're my boss. I'm going to call you boss. I'm here for you. You whatever you say to do, count on me. Got it, boss? You're like, oh, okay, sure. So every time you ask a person to say, so, hey, could you go do this for me? No problem, boss. Then they don't go do it. Hey, boss, what do you need today? Well, I need somebody to run these errands. And they don't do it. After a while, I would probably get annoyed and be like, okay, all right. Why do you call me boss? You never do anything I tell you to do. And you came to me and said that you wanted me to be your boss. Why would you do that when you don't ever do anything that I tell you to do? What's up with that? That would be a very fair question. And that's what Jesus was saying right here. I mean, call me whatever you want to call me. But for crying out loud, don't call me Lord. You don't ever do anything I say. And that's a very fair thing to do. So what we're going to look at here, there are three scenarios that if Jesus is your boss, if he's your Lord, three scenarios that you need to obey him in. A. A is this when you like and agree with him. Can we get that on the screen when you like and agree with him? Who, th- who thinks that's good? OK, that's basically all I need to say about that. I don't need to go any further on that. All right. So and that's not a very deep thing. <laughs> so B, here we go. Let's talk about some real stuff here, because it's obvious. It's obvious. 
when you like him and you agree with him, then, yeah, OK, I've got no problem there. No issue. But B, we're talking about scenarios that you need to obey him in. B, when you don't like it. Can the church say amen today? That was super weak. Can the church say amen today? <laughs> we need to obey him even when we don't like it, because let me just be real. Let me get transparent. There are some things the Bible tells me to do that I really don't like that much. That whole turn the other cheek business. Not my favorite verse in the Bible. That whole go the extra mile when someone is really doing you wrong. Go the extra mile. I know it's true, but I don't really want to do that. But if I'm going to say, Jesus, you're my Lord, Jesus, you're in control, you're my boss. Then am I going to say, I may not like that, but I'm going to do it because you said to. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to obey him even when I don't like what he's telling me to do. Now, you know, in my life, you know, I've had some good bosses. I've had some bad bosses. Who in here you've had good bosses? You know, they say the American workforce is on general quite unhappy. But listen, you've had good bosses. And then any of you ever had maybe what you would consider a bad boss? A lot more hands went up for that. Okay, that's strange. So here's the deal. As a Christian, I, you know, I, I was raised and I was taught from the word that whether I like the boss or don't like the boss, they're the boss. So I still do what they say. Unless they're telling me to do something massively illegal or something like that. And then, you know, I need to find new employment. But just because they tell me to sweep the floors. Well, I did it yesterday. OK, go do it today. Well, yeah, was, today's your if they're the boss, whether they're a good boss or a bad boss. As a Christian, I don't sit there and argue over stupid stuff like that. They told me to go do it. They're signing my paycheck. I go do it unless it's something illegal. Or something immoral. But as a Christian, I obey Jesus whether I like what he's saying or I don't like what he's saying at the moment. I remember some of my and I've had some very high profile jobs. I'm not going to lie. You know, I was very successful in the workforce before I became a pastor. Uh, I fried chicken for 18 months and I was really good at it. I'm not going to lie. Very good at frying chicken. Um, I dug ditches for the phone company for a while. I, I threw boxes onto FedEx airplanes for a while. I mean, I've done some very high profile. You know, I don't like to brag about my successes, but basically outside of preaching, I have no sustainable skills. OK, so if you guys, you know, please keep coming to church. I have no fallback plan. OK, I know. Some guys get into ministry and they're like, yeah, well, you know, I, I left, you know, this industry and I came into this. I didn't do that. The only other thing I can do in this world is fried chicken in a deep fryer. I've got no other skills. So for the love of God, keep showing up, please. So. But I remember, you know, again, I don't like to brag, but I went from being the fryer to the marinade guy. And so I was marinating uh, chicken gizzards, livers. I mean, you know, tearing thighs apart, doing all this great stuff. And again, I don't like to brag, but I was one of the top guys in our workforce of eight people. I was in the top six, no doubt about it. So I was good. I was really good. But but what I'm saying is whether I enjoyed marinating the gizzards, whether I enjoyed, you know, popping livers and all this stuff that I did. Listen, it didn't matter. The boss said to do it. And so I did it. And I know most mature adults in here, you're the exact same way. I, I get that. But what I'm saying is this. 
If you're going to take your Christianity to the next level, whether you're new in the faith or whether you're in here. And like I said, you've been serving God longer than I've been alive. That's fine. But if you're going to go to the next level, you have got to have some challenges from the word of God. And there's going to have to be some things where you say, I may not like that, but you know what? He said to do it and I'm going to do it, whether I like it or not, because I told him that he could be Lord and Savior in my life. So I'm going to do it. And so if you've been a Christian for 50 years in here, there should still be things challenging you. And you're like, well, there's no challenges left anymore. Dig a little deeper and find something to challenge you because you're not growing if you're not being challenged. You need to be challenged. And the word of God challenges me every day. And I'm thankful for that. I'm, you know, I'm not a snowflake and fold it up and say, well, I don't like that. I quit. No, stick with it. All right. And so see, we're talking about scenarios. You need to obey him. You obey him when you like it. You obey him when you don't like it. And see, you got to obey him when you don't understand it. When you don't understand it. Can we flip over to Acts chapter 20? And so there, you know, there's no way that every person in here, there's no way. There's not one of you or me or anybody that fully understands every portion of Scripture. There are plenty of things that I don't understand. And so do I say, well, God, I don't understand that, so I'm not going to obey it till I get full revelation and understanding on it. Or do I say, I don't understand that just yet, but I'm going to take your word for it and I'm going to go ahead and obey it. Maybe I'll find out later. Maybe I won't find out till I get to heaven why you said that, but I'm going to go ahead and obey it. I don't understand every little bit of it. And I know you don't either. Paul said, for instance, the love of God. He said the love of God in Ephesians is so high, so wide, so deep, so long. The love of God is so great that nobody can ever fully understand it. So if you if you say, well, I fully I've got a full and complete understanding of the word of God then you don't because none of us can. God's love is so incredible that no person can fully comprehend it. Now, when we get to heaven, we'll see things in full. But right now, you don't fully understand everything and neither do I. But we obey even when we don't understand it. Because sometimes the boss knows some things you don't know. Have you ever found that out? Maybe you're at work and they give you a new order and you're like, man, why are we going to do this? I don't understand why they're telling us to do this. Well, maybe you'll find out someday that they got news from corporate. They got news from somewhere else that you needed to change some things to avoid laying you off. Well, I don't obey it unless I understand it. That is a wrong, prideful, bad attitude to have. You obey even when you don't understand. And so Acts chapter 20, and we're going to look at verses 22 through 24. I believe I read this one of these verses last week even. But Acts chapter 20, verses 22 through 24. And so here's Paul. He's getting ready to go to Jerusalem. And the people are saying, hey, listen, uh, 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 listen, there's trouble laying ahead. And God is warning him. God is straight up warning him that. I need you to go here, but just so you know in advance, you're going to get arrested and some bad things are going to happen, but I need you to go. 
And so Acts chapter 20, and we're going to look here at verse 22. He says, and now I am bound by the spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me. Look at that statement. I don't know what awaits me. I don't. And sometimes God may be telling you to do something and you're saying, well, he's saying this, but I don't know why. I don't know what awaits me. So you could say, I'm not going until God fully explains himself to me. Listen. There is never a point in time where we tell the boss, you better explain yourself. Whoa. Now, I know we would never say that, but some people are, hey, he, but you got some explaining to do, right? Don't talk to the boss that way. Verse 23. He's, I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. Verse 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. That's a statement that only somebody that has made Jesus their Lord would make. The people that Jesus was talking to in Luke 6, they wouldn't say anything like that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't say, you know what? I understand that there may be tough times ahead, but I don't care. I'm going to do what God said to do because my life means nothing to me if I don't use it for doing what the Lord told me to do for preaching the gospel. Only somebody that's made Jesus their Lord and their boss would say something to that extent. Now, my dad said something Wednesday night. If you were here, you're watching online that really struck a chord with me. And he said sometimes and, 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 I, and the Lord, I guess, spoke this phrase to him back in the 80s. Sometimes you have to do what you don't want to do. So you can end up doing what you really do want to do. I'm going to say that again because that struck with me. And I believe that that will speak to somebody in here today for where you're at. Sometimes you have to do what you don't want to do so you can end up doing what you really want to do. Now, sometimes maybe right now you're in the season of you're doing what you really want to do in life. You're where you want to be. You are doing exactly what you want to do, but there are a whole lot that are in the season of, you know what, um, this isn't really my end goal. This isn't really my final destination, but I'm going to be faithful to what the Lord told me to do right now so I can get to where I'm going. Don't stop. Being faithful in this chapter or the next chapter is not going to be written. Don't say, well, I don't understand all this. I don't know what God told me to do. And I don't know why this is going on. Listen, don't quit on the boss right now. He knows something you don't know. He sees something you don't see. You've got to stick with the program. You've got to stick with the process. And listen, someday... You will be doing what you really do want to do. You will be doing and you will be at the place that you really want to be at. But you can't quit now. And so what am I getting at with all that? If Jesus, if you're going to be able to say without contradiction and not be a liar, if you're going to really be able to say, Jesus, you are my Lord, then we will obey him when we like it. 
when we don't like it, and even when we don't understand what he's telling us to do. We're going to obey. And that's a mark of maturity. That's a mark of, you know what, this person's getting it. This person's going to the next level. And so I'm challenging us today. All right, man, maybe you're in here and again, you're kind of new to this whole thing. Maybe you've just come back to the Lord. Maybe you walked away for a while and you just recently came back. Or maybe you've just been sticking with him this whole time. Whatever your scenario is, what I want to say to you today is this. Make Jesus your Lord. Quit playing games. If his word is telling you to do something and you don't like it, maybe it rubs you wrong. Maybe well, that whole tithing business, what's that all about? I don't fully understand it, but I still do it. Why? Because my Lord told me to do it. And, there, you know, and it works and it invites God's blessings on my money. But even if it didn't do those things, him telling me to do it is good enough reason for me to do it. And there are plenty of things in here. Listen, there are promises from front to back. And those promises come with blessings. If Jesus is your Lord, we shouldn't have to nonstop only preach about the blessings. We should be able to say the Bible says to do this. And that should be reason enough for you to do that. Not, well, it says to do this, and if you do, I promise you, pretty, pretty, please, I promise you, if you'll do this, you'll get this blessing and that blessing and this money and that health and this. Yes, you'll get those things, but you shouldn't have to be bribed with all the blessings to chase the blesser. If Jesus is your Lord, him saying, you know what, Josh, you know what? Chuck, you know what, Julie, Raul, he should be able to look at you and say, James, you know what, I need you to do this. And that's all the reason I need right there. And yeah, thank you for the blessings. Thank you for the finances. Thank thank you for all that. I don't need any other reason. That's good enough. I heard somebody say it that one time this way. If Jesus says jump, you ask how high while you're already on your way up. Is he honest? Examine your heart today. All right. Between you and God. Has Jesus just been your savior this whole time? Or can you honestly say, you know what? I've given him the reins. He says, go, I go. He says, stop doing that. I stop doing it. He says, give that up. I give it up. Has Jesus really been the Lord and the boss and in control of your life? Or have you been your own boss and Lord and your own person doing your own thing? Only you can answer that question. But I know this much. What the Lord spoke through Moses was absolutely right. I've set before you today life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life that you and your children may live. My kids are going to have to make their own decision on Jesus someday. But I know this much from the word of God and from every statistic ever given that they stand a whole lot better of a choice of making the right decision about Jesus. If they see their dad make the right decision about Jesus. Amen. They'll have they'll answer for their life. They'll have to make that decision. But God was right. He said, you choose life. 
It's for you and your descendants, you and your children. And so they'll be blessed and you can live. And so I, you know, I'm going to I'm rambling on. Stand up with me. Or I won't shut up if you don't stand up. Come on. I, I'm so proud of, of you know, the, the parents, usually the single moms, but sometimes the single dads, that they keep coming to church, whether, you know, whether dad or whether mom is or not. They just keep coming. They're bringing those kids. They're doing the right thing. You will not regret that. And moms and dads that are married and, and, and bringing their kids, keep it up. I was just talking to someone yesterday about, man, I've been to church every week of my life, 35 years. Sometimes, at the minimum, three times a week at the most. At one point, we had six services a week. And guess what? I I don't regret it. I love it. I love being at church. I love being in God's house. Man, if I go on vacation, I find a church to go to. Because I love God's people. I love God's house. But Jesus is my Lord. He's the boss. What he says goes in my life. And I know in Jesus' name, it's the same for you. But there's just such a thing on my heart that you choose life because it's not only for you, it's for your kids too. Right? When a mom's pregnant, she's not just eating for herself. She's got to, you know, she's got to stay away from some stuff because it'll hurt the baby. But she's got to eat the right stuff because it'll help the baby. And moms and dads and parents and grandparents, Keep doing the right thing. Keep serving God. It's not just for you. It's for the babies. It's for the kids. It's for the grandkids. You got to do this for them too. And if you're not healthy, it's going to screw them up and mess them up. And that means so much to me. So anyway, that was not part of the sermon. That's just something God's laying on my heart. So praise God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org. 